world of dog sports has lots of options to keep your dog's four paws busy. Let's dive deeper in four paws sports. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Four Paws Sports uh, Studio here. I'm here with Mary, and I'm Jeff. How's it going today, Mary? I'm doing great, Jeff. How are you? Uh, I'm hot. How are you? Well, it is hot here as well. Because yay, summer. Oh, it must be July. Yeah, it's July. It must it's July. Be. Yeah. Yeah. Cook an egg on my black car. It's fine. Pretty much. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. So, now, of course, now we have the uh, whole uh, too hot to go outside and do much during the day. Because I know we're recording this awfully early in the afternoon because uh, – I don't want to do anything outside, and I think uh, I think you don't want to do anything outside either. I do not. And, in fact, one of my things was like, this would be a great time to record because I'm hoping later I can actually go outside and do something with my dogs for a little bit before we all drop dead. But, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I'll, I'll call you later tonight make sure you didn't drop dead. I appreciate that. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, what are friends for? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. What do you do? What do you do when it's too hot to train, Jeff? Like, what do you do to keep your dogs from driving you crazy or to feel like you're making some progress in something when it's too hot to train? Uh, well, let's see. I don't have a whole lot of room to train inside the house, so it becomes a game of more physical conditioning at that point. Um, the AC kind of helps because we can do a little bit longer inside. Treadmill's great uh, for both human and dog. So I do that for sure. Um, I also do a lot of sleeping in during the day too, because uh, I don't usually sleep when it's nice and cool outside. So now we're kind of taking our time and waiting till 8 a.m. to get up and go to work. But before uh, before we go to bed though, um, usually before I, uh, before I actually go outside for the evening, we end up uh, we end up doing a lot more treadmill work. So that's me and the dogs both include. And then we go to the uh, the wobble board that um, I actually got from Gallican uh, last year. And that has been a tremendous help to build uh, the core muscles. Because um, I had not only just the wobble board, but I had those uh, inflatable, um, Oh, you know, I'm talking about those uh, those uh, fit paws on there. So I add that yeah. there for additional uh, resistance and additional uh, additional effort on their part there. And it has been very good for Nitro, uh, who is now going to be 11 here in, oh, God, uh, September, October. I don't even want to think about when his birthday is actually at this point. It's, kind <laughs> of, it's sad. Um, but it's been good for Nitro to help build those rear muscles because, as we all know, as dogs get older, they get muscle atrophy easily mm -hmm. and so gotta keep him in shape uh kyber same thing but he does a lot more treadmill work just because we're getting prepped for the u.s open and yes i know that is only uh well i say only i mean it is four four months and like a week and a half away and there is no shame in starting now uh i should have been starting a few months earlier but i life happens and sometimes you can't do anything um so uh yeah so uh, treadmill work for Kyber uh, picks. I just try to keep his little brain active at this point. Um, just run him as much as I can. Just keep him active because he has a brain. And when that little tail uh, decides to wag, there's nothing but evil thoughts coming out of that little papillon. <laughs> 
Yeah. Including marking in the house. And I still live with that. So, yeah, he gets to live in the belly band still. So I thought I thought we had solved it. I thought we got old enough and mature enough. And apparently that, that might just be a thing for life for him. See, that's just a lesson that boys are never all that mature. I'm just telling you. <laughs> hey, wait, well, hold, hold on here. Like, I, I resent that remark. I thought I was mature, but maybe I'm not. I don't know. I have, I mean, I have immature no, you all the time. Jeff, don't even pretend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? You instigate those immature thoughts for me, you know. I see. It's all my fault. It's usually my <laughs> fault. I mean, you're my catalyst. Let's put it that way. I am. I'm the problem child. You're I'm used to it. I am. I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a mom. It's you always my fault, right? Like I, you know, it's when in it's doubt, my mom. Not your mom. Accept it now. Exactly. Yep. It's never my mom. It's always you. Exactly. I can be everybody's mom when you're looking for blame, right? Like it's fine. Right, right. It's fine. It's good. It's good. Uh, so, what about you? You know, we got it's too hot outside. What are you doing? You probably got more room in your house than I do. Oh, well, not really. But um, <laughs> so I kind of depends on the dog. Um, I do have. I have been doing a little bit where I get up. Normally, my normal life when it's not ridiculously hot outside is get up and the dogs play and I have coffee in the morning and um then I feed them and then do some work for a while. And then we later we train. Um, when it's really hot, I will get up and we'll do a little bit. Like I'll do some really, some short sessions with everybody outside, like take turns before breakfast even, which is nice. Cause then they can work for their breakfast, which is good. Um, so we'll do like little short, like today I had two dogs that did some healing stuff right away in the morning. And I had one that just did dumbbell work. And one that just did some weed pull work and one that just did some tricks. And so it's like we just really short sessions so everybody can get done before it starts getting too hot. And even then, I mean, I have hairy dogs, so it um, doesn't take long. And then we, our normal thing is we go for a walk basically every day, a few miles. And um, obviously, I have to be really careful Um so like last night we went, but it was so hot yesterday that by the time it was cool enough to walk them at all, we just didn't have time. It was late enough. We only went for about a mile walk. Um, but you have to be careful. Like I have to be, I actually um, kind of screwed up last week and it wasn't as hot as it is right now, but I took them for their walk and I waited till later and actually checked their feet when I was done. And the, some, the sidewalk had not, cooled down as much as I thought it had. And they were a little bit, um, you could tell on their pads that the sidewalk had maybe been a little warmer. Um, nobody acted ouchy. Nobody acted like they didn't want to walk, but I have to be kind of careful because they really like to go. So they don't say, Oh geez, mom, my feet don't feel good. Um, and I even trying to be careful, I still walk them a little too soon. Um, or maybe too long. Uh, the other things that we'll do is we'll do trick training in the living room just just to keep their brains engaged but not, you know, not be so stressful. Um, we will do – I have a friend. I took – I signed up for a course, which I have not been as dedicated to following as I meant to, but it's a really good fitness course using different, like, discs and platforms and stuff like that. And the dogs really like it. Um, and so we do some of those exercises. Um 
also with the obedience dogs in my living room, I can work pivots. I can work fronts. I can work little bits, little healing doodles kind of things. So we'll do some of that. Um, Jinkies can work on learning. She's just learning to retrieve. So we can work on that. She's learning to hit the stanchion with her foot in preparation for go out. So we can work on some of that. So we do a lot of little doodly stuff. And then we just kind of um, shorten our conditioning stuff. And they spend more time wrestling around in the house. And then I usually have to yell at them because they make bad choices. Like they were trying to get the zoomies through the house earlier today, in fact. Um, <laughs> and we had to have a discussion about the wisdom of <laughs> trying to go racing through the house at 100 miles an hour, <laughs> crashing everything. Um, so, you know, that's, but, you know, like I say, so we do a lot of little doodly stuff, a little shorter sessions. Um, you know, I do have, there's a couple of training buildings within a half an hour of me that are air conditioned. So I can go there and train obedience and I'll do that as well. Um, when I have time. So, you know, and I can rent time at the quad city dog center and train agility. Um, so when I have time to drive over there, it's about an hour for me to get over there, but it's a great facility and I can, I can rent time there. So I do have options to do bigger training during the day also, um, when it's hot, but that's my main go-to is to keep things really short early in the morning later in the evening or in the living room during the day. Yeah. I mean, that's all good stuff there for sure. I mean, it's, it's easy. It's low key. It's not stressful, especially during the summer there. Um, I know for a fact that, uh, you know, when it, even when it's the sun goes down, we're not fighting the heat. It's the humidity here. And that is one of the bigger killers for, uh, for, uh, I know I've watched Kyber when we're at class on Wednesday nights, uh, while the sun has gone down for the most part around seven o'clock, that humidity is still kicking in and boy, he's panting hard. And so we do have mm-hmm. to still watch even with the sun going down and it's gone. Um, that's why at home, uh, at night and even honestly, before I get out of bed at eight o'clock, you know, where we go out and we do go train, uh, we do, uh, we work a dog walk, but it's literally like maybe three reps and, uh, yeah. That's it. You know, and I go inside and the next dog comes out. And then maybe instead of doing dog walk, I may just do straight lines, uh, just building tunnel drive and building speed lines at that point. But again, that's all before 7 a.m., before the sun's really started coming up and the humidity and the heat start to rise at that point. So uh, I think, you know, for the most part, my idea is let's train before the sun comes up because that way the humidity is down and it is easier on the dogs at that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we just have to watch our dogs carefully. Like I say, you know, watch for that right. tongue getting, hanging out, watch their feet. Like I say, I dropped the ball. Didn't even realize I was dropping the ball the other day. I mean, and nobody's feet were damaged, but you could just tell that the pavement had been, it, you know, taken a little bit of skin off their feet. Not, not bad. Nobody was blistered or anything, but you just have to be really mindful because especially when we have dogs that really want to work and really want to do stuff, it's easy for them to get too warm you know, you get in working and, you know, you don't notice it in yourself, the dogs, and obviously the dogs have a little harder time cooling themselves off than we do. And so, especially if it's breezy, if it's warm, but it's breezy, your dog may right. be getting hotter than you realize because your skin is getting cooled off with your sweat and the dogs obviously don't have that advantage. Um, and, you know, and that's probably we should talk about too a little bit. If you're training and the dog 
is getting too warm, you know, talking about like how to cool them off a little, like, you know, don't dunk your dog in cold water or anything like that. You want to cool them with like lukewarm compresses or water, like in their groin area, in their armpits, especially like hairy dogs like mine, places where there's big blood vessels, but not as much hair, but not shock the system give them little drinks of water, not let them chugging down a bunch of water. I mean, the same kind of common sense you do for a person that's getting a little overheated. It's the same thing you want to do for the dog. Get them out of the heat, obviously, inside in the air, in front of a fan maybe, um, and just have them rest and keep an eye on them, you know. So, you know, we always, those of us living in these hotter areas, we have to be mindful of that, of course, when we're training. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm very thankful to have a mud room that has gates and a door that is able to separate from the rest of the house. So while they can be inside getting cool while I'm working with their dogs, I don't let them necessarily have any water at that point because mm-hmm. one, they need at least four or five minutes to bring that heart rate down. So when they start drinking, it's not going to just pretty much fry them at that point. So right. that's uh, that's one of the things I definitely do with my guys there. Um, I've also started using the uh, Go Dog. Um, uh, it's a super fuel. I think it's called Go Dog. It's powder. Uh, I use that as a big rehydration uh, powder that goes into their water. And I tell you what, I use it even during agility trials. I just started using it maybe a month ago. And uh, I will say it's actually helped picks out a lot because as small as he is, and that's and that's a big thing too, is that if you have a small dog, you are going to get the brunt of the heat because not only does you have a hairy breed, he's small mm-hmm. and he's close to the ground. So you're going to get both mm-hmm. it from the top, from the sun, and you're going to get it from the lack of wind and the fact that that ground is reflecting all that heat that's coming up there. So um, the Papillon, he he definitely does not have the ability to handle that heat for long periods of time, like the Border Collies who have the higher work ethic any which way, who would work till they drop as it is but because they're taller and so they can handle that. So that's why, you know, for picks, even when we're doing agility in the summertime, just competing on the inside and there is air conditioning, I still give him that rehydration fuel because it, you know, it's good clean energy for him. There's no Mm -hmm. real big issues uh, for him to drink and he enjoys it too. So uh, I find that he's not the biggest water drinker to start with, but this new powder I've got for him and it puts in his water, he drinks a lot more water. And I'm actually also finding Kyber also, is drinking a lot more than he used to too because that used to be kind of a bear to fight. Yeah, I'll have a couple of drinks here and there, but that's it. There's no way that's enough for you. So that powder, I I don't know. I'm not. We're not sponsored by Canine Superfuel, but I wouldn't mind. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, it definitely it's been a big help for my guys, especially um, when we were over in Evansville for Fourth of July. Uh, it was it was rather hot outside to the point where even I was uncomfortable mm-hmm. just being outside for any length of time. And that's the time also when you know you put your hand on the uh, on the concrete or the uh, whatever the surface is and going. How long can I hold my hand there? And if you can't do it for, let's just say, more than five or ten seconds, then it's probably too hot to be in kind of rope walking at that point. And I've had that too. I was, gosh, where was I? I don't. It doesn't matter. I was showing, and I was going back out to the car, taking. You know, we were done for the day, and I was heading out to the car. And poor Sonnet, I'm walking across the parking lot, and all of a sudden she's like walking all funny and kind of making a little noise, and I. You know, and I was just walking her from the building to the car. It wasn't like I was hanging out and she was like, I need to get off of this. So I picked her up and carried her. And, um, and it was an asphalt, or, yeah, it was an asphalt parking lot. And so it was black 
and it was sunny outside and it was just, it was just too hot. So, you know, even if you, I guess, you know, if you have to deal with a lot of asphalt or other hot surfaces, you know, some booties may not be a bad idea then either to protect your dog if they have to be walking across the surface. And if you're not in a position where you can carry them or get them like through grass or something to get where you got to go, uh, you know, because yeah, she was just, and it was like literally walking from the building straight out to the car. And she was like, ow, 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 ow. So. Right. Right. Yeah. If you wouldn't walk on a barefoot, this thing that your dogs wouldn't want to walk in there on that stuff either. Exactly. But again, like you said, it's short, short bursts. And even then mm-hmm. that short little bit of stuff right there, you notice that you had issues with their. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I do other things too. Like if I have to go places, like let's say I'm at a trial or I've gone somewhere to train, you know, whereas when it's a little nicer out, I may leave the car closed up. If the dogs aren't in it, of course, um, when it's really hot, I'll still crack the windows. I may, I have a, um, sunshade that goes over my entire van and it's like a reflective mesh. And I will, um, even throw that over the van when it's really bad out and I know I'm going to have to put the dogs in the car later so that it's not so unbearable when I come back out. And I always have it with me in the summertime so that just in case, like, let's say I have car trouble or something, um, like something like your radiator is cracked and you need a new one. <laughs> you can <laughs> not that I know anything about that. You can, um, you can at least help keep the car safe. Right. You know, if you need to, you know, cause that's, because that's the other thing is you need to be prepared. If you are going somewhere with your dog in the summer, whether it's to train or travel to a show or whatever, so that if something happens, you know, kind of like in the wintertime, you should have something with you to keep you safe in case it's really cold. Kind of same thing in the summer because, you know, your car can get unsafely hot very quickly. And obviously you don't want what's a inconvenience to become something that's really dangerous. So. Right. Absolutely there. Um, and speaking of cracked radiators, uh, don't use tap water. Um, use distilled water, yeah. and only if you absolutely have to, because that uh, distilled water is only good for so long. But if you use tap water, uh, minerals build up in that uh, in that uh, radiator, and you're just going to ask for more trouble. So, uh, if you have questions, call a local friend who's a call a friend who's a mechanic. <laughs> Not that we'd be speaking from experience or anything, but nope, in my nope, particular instance, no. I. To get, a rock to get coolant that was actually appropriate for my vehicle. And well, I'm getting a new radiator in a couple of days. So, you know, it's all good. In the meantime, I'm driving around with a jug of safe for my car coolant. So. <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed. Yes. And that's another thing, too, is uh, especially if your car is getting older out there, especially when we're talking summertime, that is one of the biggest killers for cars is the summer heat. Not just the winter, but the summer heat is will just wear out your car just because every, not everything's uh, really used to having all that heat 24-7. And all it takes is a little bit of expansion in plastic that might have a minor crack in the wintertime. And all of a sudden, now you have a Mary's uh, radiator that is uh, exploding and ready to, uh, ready to be replaced at this point. So uh, fortunately, at least you weren't anywhere uh, that was uh, uh, desolate and you could at least get help. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. I was fortunate and I was around people who could help me. And yeah. But now one thing that I'm much better about doing is popping the hood before I go checking my coolant levels, checking, you know, yes. checking fluids, making sure everything's okay. Because I do drive a lot and I drive a lot with my dogs in the car. And, you know, a lot of us are really conscientious of things like, um, crates and fans and all that stuff like crates to keep the dog safe in the car fans in the car but also just making sure your car is safe especially in the extreme temperatures is important right right that's why i almost always have a some kind of a jug of antifreeze with me and i have a jug of uh at least one quart of oil with me because my car likes to consume oil so i know that uh at any point in time that i may have to add a little bit of oil to it so uh, that's always one of my list of things to make sure I've got with me. So, yeah, definitely. Not only do you have to worry about your dog's maintenance, but do you, especially in the summertime when you're traveling to events, make sure your car is really ready to go. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that I've kind of changed, too, is, like, when I'm traveling to local trials a lot of times, because because my car is usually full of dogs and crates and stuff, that there's not a lot of extra room, is I would do things like, oh, I'll get water for the dog's at the place, like especially going to the quad cities where I know they have a nice thing to fill up your dog water containers or fill up all your buckets and bowls or whatever. Well, now I'm pretty careful, especially in the summertime to make sure I'm traveling with, even though that's a short distance traveling with water so that if I get stuck, okay, I can water my dogs. I can do that stuff. So, you know, I can say, especially the extreme conditions. And I think for your dogs, being stuck somewhere in the summer is probably a lot danger more dangerous than being stuck in the winter because dogs can handle that cold a lot better than they can handle the heat, the extreme heat, generally speaking, most breeds of dogs. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They can. So, you know, if I have, you know, so I have coolant with me, I have water for my dogs with me, I have my sunshade with me all the time. And then if I get stuck on the side of the road, at least, I have hope of keeping my dogs safe. You know, I always have my vent lock for my tailgate. I always have all that stuff. So just that if something goes wrong, um, you know, I have hope of keeping my dogs safe long enough that if I need to wait for help to get there, I can keep them from cooking. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I protect both sides inside and outside for both the car, the dogs, you and everybody else. Exactly. So that's, you know, that's obviously not a training thing, but, you know, like I say, summertime's kind of the, when most of us like to go, you may be camping with the dogs or more trials. I mean, that's when things are in full gear. We're all ramping up for things like preparing for the U.S. Open, whatever. And this way, you know, trying to get qualified for, you know, new qualifying period for invitationals is going. So people are doing that, trying to get, you know, full, full swing for dog sports, man. You want to be prepared so yeah absolutely there well i think that does it for today for uh too hot to train and too hot for everything else outside because uh the summer is here and i think it's here to stay for at least another month if not two maybe less hopefully Mm -hmm. but i'm doubting that well we're in the midwest man it could be any time so (laughs) yeah i know it could be tomorrow like all right we're done thank you bye yeah and then it might be 80 degrees in october for all we know but if you guys have yeah. another thing to do when it's too hot out, you know, shoot us, shoot us a message on Facebook, shoot us a thing on the post and 
tell us what you like to do if you do something different with your dogs to keep them occupied when it is ridiculous outside. Absolutely there. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on another uh, episode of Four Paw Sports. And we will see you again out there. Have a great rest of the day. Have a great day, guys.